His scripture has been taken from the book of Second Corinthians 11 verse 3. So the Holy Spirit put it in my mind this morning to minister to us on what I titled Remain True to Christ. Remain True to Christ. And I'll be stemming on what Apostle has been ministering to us. Because that's what the Lord is speaking to the church at this time. We thank God for the voice of God that we hear in this house. That we are current to what heaven is speaking. We are current to the voice of heaven. Because there is no other voice that is relevant in this day and in this season than the voice of God. If you can hear the voice of God, then we'll be in line. If you can hear the voice of God, then we'll be prepared. Because any time Jesus will come. I don't know about you, but I get ready every single minute. Because God can come at any time. My conversation has changed in my family. It has changed the people that I've come across with. Because it's by the grace of God that we live to see today. And it is by the grace of God that we will live to see tomorrow. So we take one day at a time. And as we are taking one day at a time, we should not get carried away. We should be conscious that Jesus can come at any given time. And in this house, we are being prepared. There is always a preparatory message that is given to us so that the coming of the Lord will not meet us on our ears. So we've been current about what God has been speaking. He's been speaking about deception. Deception. But this morning, I'm going to minister to us on how to avoid being deceived. So that we can remain true to Christ. And that's why I've titled my message this morning, Remain True to Christ. Satan is so subtle. The Bible says he's, he's so crafty. Honey. The way he moves and the way he operates is not so glaring. He doesn't come with horns. He doesn't come with scary looks. You come like a gentle dove sometimes. But we need a spirit being, as children of God who are sensitive to the spirit, who have discernment of spirit, we can easily discern him. But if you are void of that discernment, if you are not in the spirit, if you are full of the flesh, and worldliness have captivated your soul, then easily Satan can make you a prey. Without you knowing. By the time it takes you over, it will be too late. The weapon of Satan has never changed over the years. It's never changed. We don't know how many billions of years this earth has stood. But it's the same weapon. And I tell you, his weapon is so effective and he's successful in his mission. But we as children of God, we need to be wiser. We need to be on guard. So that when the enemy come in like a flood, the Bible says the Spirit of God will raise his standard. When you come in like a wolf, or like a sheep in wolf clothing, we'll be able to discern him. So the Bible says that our enemy, the devil, he prowls around, and he's seeking for who to devour. And he devours both strong men and weak men, strong women and weak women. So none of us are prone from being preyed upon. But for those who will resist him steadfastly in the faith, the Bible says, those are the ones that will overcome his schemes. So we need to be vigilant in this our time. We need to not get carried away by the system of the world. There's so many things that is going on in this western world that can distract our attention. But for those who are on course for God, for those who are in tune with the Spirit, you can easily get his trick. And once you get his trick, you know your way out. And those are the things the Apostle have been telling us over the few weeks or few, will I say few months? Because all what he has been putting us through is practical Christianity. 
so that we can stand firm in our faith and not be caught on guard. The scripture says in the book of Revelation, that is the foundation when Satan was hauled down from, from heaven. In Revelation chapter 12, verse 9, he says the great dragon was hauled down. That ancient serpent called the devil or Satan who leads the whole world astray. He was awed to the earth and his angels with him. So when Satan fell, he he fell to this earth. And the Bible says his mission is to lead the whole world astray. When he's talking about the whole world, he's talking about both believers and unbelievers. Unbelievers, he doesn't even care much about them. But he's after believers. We've had many who have fell from grace. But that is not the portion for myself and yourself. Because we are in this house where the truth is being proclaimed. So that when we go out there, we already have the keys. We already have the signs. We already have the, the symbols of the devil. No matter how he disguises himself. We know when the truth is not being proclaimed. We know when falsehood dominates the whole world. Even when you go to other churches, you know when you sit in the congregation that this message I'm hearing in my ears does not agree with the sound teaching of the word. Because why? You have been taught. You have been taught. So the devil is after everyone. He's after everyone. He's after the Pope. He's after the priest. It's after the archbishop, no matter your calling, it's after everyone, both young and old. It's after each one of us. But looking at that scripture in the book of Second Corinthians 11, I want to start from verse 1. Apostle always tell us that before you can grab the middle, go for what, read what preceded that verse and after. So, First Corinthians chapter, Second Corinthians chapter eleven, and I read from verse one. It says, "I hope you will put up with me, Paul, Apostle Paul, speaking, in a little foolishness. Yes, please put up with me. I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I promise you to one husband to Christ." So that I might present you as pure virgins to him. As believers of Christ, we are bride of Christ. We are a bride, all of us, both male and female, we are bride of Christ. Jesus is our husband. And the aim of Paul is that after he has preached to the Jews and he has preached to the Gentiles, he wants to present them as virgins to the Lord. So that when, he, when Jesus will come, he will present them as holy. That was his aim. That was why he risked his life. That is why he does not care his life as anything. He was totally sold out for the gospel. And he says, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. He faced so many dangers. He careless. Why? Because of this goal. So that he can present the bride of Christ. As virgin to the Lord. And that is the aim of us. The reason why we are running all this race. Is so that we can meet our, our bridegroom. Who is Jesus. Our husband. And meet him as a virgin. Not defiled by any man. Not defiled by any gods. Because our Jesus who is our husband is jealous about us. He doesn't want us to have any other relationship with Strangers. Verse 3. But I am afraid. So he was disappointed. That just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your mind may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. The aim of the devil, his goal, is to keep the mind of believers from staying true for, to Christ. That's his aim. His aim is to make sure that he intercepts our pure devotion to Christ so that we will be led astray. 
And I tell you, there are loads of things that can lead us astray. Loads of things. For us to start well, God expects us to finish well. There's no good for us to start well and then we end up fighting against what we are fighting for. God wants us to stay strong to the end. And he said, for I somehow comes to you and preaches if someone, so if someone comes to you and preaches a Jesus other than the Jesus we preach, or if you receive a different spirit from the spirit you received, or a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it, it's easily enough. So what he's saying in essence, he knew that there was something wrong with the church in Corinth. That there are some people who have crept into their midst, preaching a different gospel. The foundation that he already laid. That can lead them to be presentable to their maker, to their husband, Jesus. But they have received a different gospel. And that was what he was fighting for. I don't know what we do when we live here. Every doctrine we receive here is taken from the scriptures, undiluted, undefiled. But to be, unfortunately, apostle will not follow you to to your homes. He will not follow you to wherever you live. What you receive from here is a foundation for you to build on. And the book of 1 Corinthians, I think about 3 in verse, in chapter 3, was saying that if you build a, a foundation, he has laid a foundation, but if you build upon the foundation things that are perishable, then when the day of reckoning comes, if that's what you are built upon will not stand, and the fire come, and it will consume it all. So God is saying to us that the foundation that you receive in this house, you need to build on it. You need to build on it. You need to be well grounded in it. What happened to Eve? Because for us to, for Paul to make reference to Eve, said just as Eve was deceived, we all knew what happened in the Garden of Gethsemane. God gave an instruction to Adam. And Adam passed the instruction to his wife Eve. And the instruction was, there is a fruit in the garden that you should not touch. That you should not eat of. But if every other tree, you are free to, to eat of it. Satan came and deceived her. And said that you may eat. God did not say, did God say you should not eat of any fruit? And what happened to her? She was conversing with the devil. She was dialoguing with the devil. And that's the trick that Satan shows to each and every one of us. Sometimes your mind leads you astray. Sometimes Satan will be ministering into your mind and you will be conversing with him. I believe that if Eve have shown the devil and resist him, all what happened to us on earth will not have happened. It will not be recorded in the scripture that Eve was deceived. But she was confessing with the devil. God does not want us to dialogue with Satan. And the reason that was is because Eve received the word. She knows the word. But the word was not rooted in her. That's likewise to most believers. We can quote the scripture from Genesis to Revelation. We know the scriptures. Head knowledge. But the word is not rooted. Because when it comes to application, we are struggling. When it comes for us observing the word of God, we are struggling. It's no good to just know the scriptures. It's good for you to allow the scriptures to be indwelling in you and you leave out the scriptures. So the reason why Eve was able to fall is because he, she knows the word, she knows God's command, but that word was not rooted in her. That word was not rooted in her. So Satan has been operating a successful mission for years and even up till now. Let's look at all the admonition that Paul gave to some churches. In the book of Galatians, Chapter 1, 
And I'll read from verse 6. It says, I am astonished that you are quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. This is another church that he noticed that there is a deception that is going on in the church. The church, the Galatians church. Verse 7, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's cause or let them be our cause. This sounds like my father in the Lord, Apostle T.P. Williams. It tells you that when you, the day that you notice that he's preaching a gospel that is not in line with the written word, then his blood is not on your head. What he's saying in essence is that your salvation does not base on his own salvation. He is a messenger of the gospel. His own duty is to display, dispense the word of God to you. It is your own duty to go home, like Berean Christians, and search a scripture and find out whether it is true. So each one of us in this house, we've been given a mandate to know the word of God for ourselves. We are not a church where someone is the only one who knows the scripture. Every one of us knows the scripture. If we can give everybody the privilege to come to this altar to preach, everyone can preach as long as you are a born again believer. Because we are being grounded in the world. We've known the truth. But we as children of God, we need to operate in discernment. So when anyone is preaching a gospel that is different from the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, you can easily tell that they are not of God. Verse 8. Let me verse 9. As we have already said... So now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you have accepted, let them be under God's cause. Am I now trying to, to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. In this house, we do not please anybody apostle momioma they do not please anybody they preach what is rich written in the scripture and if you can take it if you know that is true you take it and that is how in this house we obey the lord because we are servants of the most high god and at the end of the day it is him that will give an account to Jesus also warned the saints also about how we can avoid the deception of this age. In the book of Matthew, chapter 24, from verse 4. And this is the message of Jesus. You know, whenever there is an opportunity for you to read the message that Jesus himself said from his mouth, it's not something that you can take lightly. Because he's trying to give you a message of what could happen in times to come. And what will allow you to stay true to him. So that you will not be deceived. So this is the message that Jesus now communicated to his disciples. And is communicating to us his disciples today. So that we will not fall prey of Satan. And we will stay true to him. And from the message of Jesus in this scripture. I will allow to us certain points. That will make us to stay true to the word of God and to stay true to him. So that we can avoid every deception of hell. Matthew chapter 24. And I read from verse 4. He said, Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. Watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and will be deceived by many or will deceive many. As we all know that today there are false prophets, there are false teachers, there are false apostles, there are false pastors. 
wolves in sheep clothing. Devils, ministers of devils in color that come to the altar to preach the word. Thank God that they do not come to this holy altar. But we've heard of them. Those of you who have association with some of them, you know that they preach out of the true doctrine of Christ. But Paul says, Jesus said, watch out. So point number one, for us to remain true to Christ and avoid the deception of hell, we need to watch our association. We need to watch our association. It confirms what is written in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. It said, do not be misled. Bad company corrupt good characters. What are your company, if I may ask that question this morning? After you leave the church, what, where are your company? Where do you go from here? What other message do you listen to? Do you spend time listening to other message that will corrupt the good message that you receive? Are you still in between two opinions? Oh, the message the apostle preached is so easy, it's so simple. I don't think it's that simple. It's this man's message that we run to. And because you cannot have a basis on the scripture, or in the scripture, where that man stood when he was preaching the gospel, but because you think, oh, this is powerful enough, you take it. Bible says, bad company will corrupt your good character. They will defile the holy words that you receive. So we need to watch our association if we want to stay true to Christ. Verse 6. You will hear of wars and rumors of war. This is Jesus speaking. He has spoke over 2,000 years ago. You will hear of wars and rumors of war. We are hearing it of it today. We are hearing of rumors of war today. But see to it that you are not alarmed. So God is saying, point number two, be fearless. For you to stay true to Christ to the end and avoid the deception of hell, you need to be fearless. The Bible says in the book of First John chapter 4, verse 18, it says, perfect love casts away fear. If our love is perfected, fear has no grip over our life. God is saying for you to stay true, you do not have to be afraid of what is going on in the world. We go into the world and we do not know whether we are coming back home. Because there are dangers all around. People can strike at any time. But for those of you who are in Christ, God is saying, fear not. Fear not. If your fear is shaking, then your love needs to be perfected. What love? Your love of Christ needs to be perfected. So God is saying, for us to stay true to the word of God, to stay true to Christ, we should live a fearless life. We should be bold. We should be strong. We should be courageous. And verse 7 says, Nation will rise against nations and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famine and earthquakes in various places. All of these are the beginning of bad pains. Then you'll be handed over to be persecuted and put to death. And we can see that, that there are lots of persecution going on around the world. Some of our Christian brothers are being persecuted for their faith. All these are the beginning of back pain, back, back pains. Then you'll be handed over to be persecuted and put to death. And you'll be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith. And will betray and hate one another. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, which we know that is rampant in this time and this season, the love of most will grow cold. 
Why should the love of most grow, most grow cold? It's because they are focusing themselves, their sight, on what Satan is doing. Fear will greet them. So their love for God will wax cold. So point number three. For us to stay close or stay true to Christ and remain in Christ, we need to abound in love. Our love cannot just be, oh, I love you, Lord. You love me. No, it goes beyond that. And that is why the scripture says in the book of Philippians chapter 1, verse 9 to 10. He said, this is my prayer. This was the prayer of Paul for the church in Philippi. He said, this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. So that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. So you need your love to abound more and more. If your love do not abound more and more, then you will not be blameless. Then you will not be pure unto the day of Christ. That's what Satan is trying to keep us away from. To lead us astray from our pure and sincere devotion to Christ. But when your love for God abounds, you'll be able to discern what is best. What is your love for God today? What, what motivates you to come to church today? Is it because of the person you are going to see in church? Is it because pastor will soon pray for the sick? Is it because of the need that will be met? Or because you just love this Jesus and you can do anything for him? Your love is determined by how much you obey God. It says that, how can you love me if you do not obey me? God wants us to obey every single command. For every instruction given in this house, how much of you have you obeyed? You know, Apostle was telling us that we should give appraisers of our life. We have come to the half of the year. Can you imagine that 2017 is almost coming to an end? You appraise your life. How much of God's love is in your heart? And is that love in abounding daily? Is that love increasing on a daily basis? Could you compare the love you have for God last year to this year? You see yourself. Examine yourself. Some of us, we make the commitment at the beginning of the year, 31st of December, that I'm going to join this department. And up till now, you are still dilly-dally. You are still procrastinating. Oh, well, I will, I will, I will. But six months have gone into the year. You are still where you are. Love. We need to abound in love. If we want to stay true, or remain true to Christ. Our love for him needs to abound. Verse 13. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. That's another point. Point number four, we need to be steadfast. Steadfast. The Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Let nothing move you. Let the things that are going in this world, let it not move you. Let Satan not shift you like a shifting wind. Always give yourself fully. In other words, remain steadfast to the Lord, to the work of the Lord. Always give yourself fully. Some of us are given ourselves partially. Some of, some of us have not even given ourselves at all. God says, you know, God is a God of excellence. And what he demands for us is 100%. He doesn't demand 999 99.9 is failure as far as God is concerned. He's a God of excellence. And we know that we all cannot really, if we say excellence, our excellence cannot even match the excellence of God. But, but because we are flesh and blood, he accepts us as we are able to give that effort. He accepts us at our level. So God wants us to give ourselves fully to him, not partially. He said, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. For everyone that labor in the house of God, you are not doing it in vain. God is watching you and God is marking you. And at the end of the day, both in this world, you will receive a reward. 
and on our final destination in heaven, we will all receive a reward. There is a crown that is waiting for us. But what crown are you going to receive? You cannot afford to stay back. You cannot afford to just come to the house of God and sit down and go. There is a job that awaits you. There is a job that has your name on it. And until you arise and take your place, you are depriving other people from manifesting. So God is saying we need to remain steadfast to the end. Verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. Point number six. Point number five. Sorry. Be a witness for Christ. Be part of the great commission. You will know the great commission. We should go into the world and preach the gospel. I'm aware of some people are not in church today because they are in the prison preaching the gospel. I'm aware of those who went out yesterday to preach the gospel. What are you doing? In your place of work, do you have the opportunity to preach the gospel? Regardless of who, whether they understand your language or not. By the time you speak it today, tomorrow and next, they will understand the language. Do we have opportunity? That is our own essence of living. That is why when we became born again, Jesus did not just take us. Because he wants us to be useful for him on earth. He wants us to do the work of evangelism. Be a witness for Christ. You want to stay true and remain true to Christ, you need to preach the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it said the power of, it said that you will receive power after which the Holy Ghost will come upon you. And you will be my witness. The essence of the Holy Ghost is not for us to know how to do business. The essence of the Holy Ghost is not for us to just know our academics. The first essence why the Holy Ghost was sent is for us to preach the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And any other thing we follow. So our duty as children of God, if we are slacking in that area, I think this is a wake-up call for every one of us. That we need to stand up and preach the gospel. Because that is the heartbeat of Christ. He sorrow over men and women who reject him. And why did they reject him? Because they did not see a preacher to preach to them. He sorrow over those who who have committed suicide, who are supposed to be an evangelist for God. But because someone who is born again sat down by them and did not make mention of the name of Jesus, invite them to Jesus Christ, that person who was supposed to be the evangelist, Committed suicide. So it is a very serious job that we are handling. And God wants us to be a witness for him. If we move to verse 22 of the same scripture, Matthew. This is Jesus speaking. We need to hear the message for Jesus is preaching to us now. This is the message of Jesus to us, the church. Verse 22 says, if those days have not been cut short, no one will survive. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be shortened. This year is this year land, or will I say this life, or this nation and the nations of the world are getting terrible. Wickedness is increasing in a larger measure. Dangers. There is no safe heaven anywhere. No safe heaven. So wickedness will increase. People will go from bad to worse. There will be so many devils that will arise. So things will get more terrible than what it was. Because this was not what, what it was 30 years ago when I returned back to this country. It wasn't. It wasn't. So can you imagine if this world will stay for another 30 years? God have mercy on us. But God says for the sake of the elect, because the elect themselves could be deceived and be swallowed up by the deception that is going on. But God says for the sake of the elect, he will shorten the days. In the eyes of God, it's shorting, but to us, it's not shorting at all. 
Because it looks as if the world is just prolonging and prolonging. But in the eyes of God, it's shortened. That's why the timing of God differs from our own time. When you say a thousand years like a day, a day is like a thousand years. How can you figure that? So time is eternity. It's timeless in heaven. I can't wait to get to heaven. Timeless. Timeless. So God is saying to us here that look, for the sake of the elect, the days will be short in verse 23. At that time, if anyone says to you, look, here is the Messiah, or there he is, do not believe it, saints. Do not. Do not. I'm sorry for every, some of you who they invite to one revivalist that is in town. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Since I came in contact with Apostle, and that is, I'm saying it again, 30 years ago, 3-0, some of you were not born. 30 years ago, I've never gone to any invited places, unless if it's for a function. For me to leave my church and say I'm going to one so-called man that is in town. What man is in town? I have the man in this house. Who have the message in this house. So what other message will I hear? In fact, when I go to message, all my antenna is open, my spirit man is open. To the extent that when a little error is missed, is made, it destabilizes our whole system. So I'm sorry for those of you who go from places to places. You'll be defiled because there are so many erroneous teachings that are going on. Some people are not servants of God. They are servants of themselves and of the devil. Their life is just for themselves. They just want to make themselves. They want to make themselves known. Make themselves known. Apostle is not here to please anybody. So are his leaders. We are not here to please anyone. Because we've been trained to do that. We only please Jesus, our commanding officer. Hallelujah. So for false, verse 24 says, For false messiahs and false prophets will appear. They are. They are. And perform great signs and wonders to deceive. If you are signs and wonders crazy, and you really want signs and wonders, they have it. You know, Apostle always talk about if you want to see, you only need a, 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 don't let me even use the word now. You wake, eh? Huh? Awake me, uh-huh. awake me to put whatever that is, to put in your eyes and you'll be able to see. So there are so many deceptions. You don't know where that minister slept last night. Maybe in the grave somewhere. Or in the coffin. Some do. But they will put on collar. And they will lay stinking, dirty, adulterous hands upon some people. You that apostle have laid his pure hands upon and you are purified and sanctified and made whole. And then they will now put that stinking hands upon you to demoralize every other thing that you have heard, that you have received. And make your life worse than what you started with. We need to be very, very careful. Stay in this house. We are not deceiving you. Those of us who have stayed, our life has not been the same. We've been mightily blessed. I'm, 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 I'm a living testimony. I've been with apostles since I was a teenager. So can you imagine? Now I'm heading to grandma stage. Hallelujah. I'm prophesying because I want to be a grandma one day. And my mom be the great grand. Hallelujah. So, we should not be deceived. He said, prophets, false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive. If possible, even the elect. And look at that verse 25. See, I have told you ahead of time. Jesus said he has told us ahead of time. So anyone who falls into that error, his hands up. Because he's already told us. So we have no excuse. So what is that point number six? Point number six is crave for the knowledge of God's word and not signs and wonders. Don't be power crazy. 
Don't seek for wonders. You yourself, you are a sign and a wonder. Wonders will come. Don't go for someone who is operating in signs and wonders and cannot preach the word of God. Have no knowledge of the word of God. Cannot communicate the word of God. What signs and wonders is he doing? The, the, the first sign of a believer for, for, you to, for you to say you are saved is the fact that you are able to preach the gospel. You are able to preach. If they just stand you up anywhere, corner you at any time, and tell you, open your mouth, God will now put that flood of messages in your lips. You will begin to speak. That's the first sign of a true believer. I craved that when I was in school back in Nigeria. One of my classmates, the way they preach the, the, the gospel enticed me. But to be honest, those ones, when they were in school, in our class, they know nothing. We call them Molodo. They, their brain is so, you know, so shallow. So I, I'm always amazed that how can they preach the gospel like this? And it's fluent and it's, it's, it's flowing. Because that's the first sign. Once you accepted Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit take over you. So the message you speak is not your own. It's the Holy Spirit speaking through you. So that's the first sign. So for us, we need to crave the word. God wants us to be full of his word. Because it is the word of God that you know. And the word of God that you put into practice and observe is the one that will set you free. God wants us to be set free. He doesn't want us to be, to, to be, just be full of, oh, power. I want power by force. People want power by force, and that is when they shift into de- demonic forces. They go and seek power from Abalis because their craving is for power. We need to be cautious and be full of the word. So finally, to remain true to, to Christ. We should continue in what we have learned from the beginning. What we have learned from the beginning is the true gospel. Is the true gospel. What is it that you were doing when you first gave your life to Christ? That today, when you now look back, you found out that I'm slacking in this area. What it is? In the book of uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. He said, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. While evildoers and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, that's the message I want to give to you today, verse 14. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of. Because you know those from whom you learn it. We all know from whom we learned this gospel. Apostle T.B. Williams. What is it that he has taught you? Hold on to it. Continue in it. That is the message of truth. That is a message of righteousness. That is the message that will keep you blameless and holy and sincere to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he says in verse 15, and how from infancy, was talking to Timothy here, Apostle Paul, you have known the Holy Scriptures, who is able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. God wants you to continue on what you have heard in this house. Hold on to the truth. Hold on to the truth. In many churches, they collected different types of offerings, but in this house, we only go by the scriptures. One offering. One offering. I will not cajole you on how to give the offering. We give you in accordance to what is written. It says anyone who is willing, let them give out of what, how much God has blessed them. That is the message we preach here. We don't preach any other message. We don't preach message of firstborn. Because the Bible says that Jesus has become the firstborn among his brethren. We are all secondborn. We do not preach the message of generational causes. Because the Bible says we have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. 
We do not preach the, the message of deliverance. Some people believe that once you are saved, you still need to go through deliverance. We don't do that. Because once you are saved, the Spirit of God comes upon you. So you have been delivered. Under the package of salvation is deliverance. Once you are saved, you have been delivered from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of your destiny. What other deliverance are you looking for? We do not preach that here. We do not preach that here. So what message is bothering you? God wants us to hold on to what we have from the beginning. First John chapter 2. I'll quickly read that to us from verse 24. 1 John 2, 24. As for you, see that what you have heard from the beginning is another apostle speaking here. The one that spoke before was Apostle Paul. The one that is speaking now is John. As for you, see that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you also will remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he promised, eternal life. Verse 26, I am writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. Why you need to remain true, why you need to remain and hold on to what you receive from the beginning is so that so that you will not be deceived. So that you will not be led astray. Verse 27, as for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you. And you do not need anyone to teach you. The anointing is the truth that you receive in this house. So that when you go out there, no one else can preach another gospel to you. But as the anointing teaches you about the things... About all things, and as the anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in Him. We are talking about how you need to remain true to Christ. You need to hold on to what you receive from the beginning. I want us to flash back to when we became Christ, when we became Christians, the first time we gave our life to Christ. We were humble. In the, in the leaders meeting, they gave us, yeah, in the leaders meeting, isn't it? They gave us, they divided us into sections. Pastors stay aside, all the other leaders, pastors and elders stay aside, the other leaders stay aside, those who have, uh, who are residential pastors stay aside, the members stay aside, the workers stay aside. And they were telling us that we should look into areas that deception, that deception has crept in into our lives. And I tell you, I said it earlier on, that Satan is so subtle. You may not know what the way he will creep in. By the time you realize it, it's taking over all of you. And it will become a stronghold for you to now, it will be difficult for you to now bring, take him out. So, what are the things? When you were in, when you first gave your life to Christ, you cannot wait to come to church. You came early. But now, you have arrived. You are mature in Christ. And you'll be strolling down the aisle. Some of you will not even come to the auditorium throughout the service. I won't be surprised if some people are still in the reception talking. Why message when God is speaking in this auditorium? I'm talking about how we need to remain in what we receive in the beginning. Some are in the church, but they are not in the church. Because they are like texting one another. You did not do that in the beginning. See how Satan crept in? When prayer is going on in the church, we pray here every before we start the service. Some people are in different places. That was not what you did in the beginning. What happened now? In the beginning, your looks are different. You know how you look. You know how you dress. But today, you follow the fashion of this world. Apostle always says something, and I think I always say it in my family now. What informed your mind is what informed your mind. Before you come to church, before I came to church this morning, I had to do 360 degree in front of my mirror 
just to make sure that I dress decent and I'm coming out so that you will all see me. We need to be real. We need to be real because Satan is so subtle, is so cunning, so crafty, and I've invested so much in God that I do not want to lose it just for one second. Just for one second. I would rather die like Apostle will say. And then Jesus can now take me home and I will meet him. That than me sinning against God. I turn 360 degree. Just to make sure that this is not short. And I sat down so that when I sit down, it's not jumping up here. I don't need shawl. When you need shawl, that means what you are wearing is short. If you need a scarf to cover your laps, it's because what you are wearing is short. So I have to do all those practice at home. Sit down and look at myself in the mirror. Make sure that the legs are crossed well. So that when I'm sitting down, because some women don't know how to sit. Maybe Pastor Fumi will come and do etiquette for us. To show us how to compose ourselves to sit down. Because sometimes when I'm on the stage there, it's like I should jump down and come and tell some people to sit down well. You need to train yourself. My mother trained me well. Because I sit down like a lady. So I have to to check myself. Make sure that what I'm wearing is not there. This, this blouse didn't come with this. The one that it came with was up there. This is not me. So I have to change it. Make sure that everything is well done. Make sure that the earring I'm wearing is composed sm- simple. Thank God for my beloved Ed Dickiness. you there. So just make sure that everything is in place. When I know that I'm wearing something and it's up to here, my spirit bears witness that something is wrong. I take it off. I'm telling you, this, not, this was what I, I was in the beginning and that's what I am up till now. I'm, I'm talking about how we need to continue in what we receive in the beginning. Don't follow the fashion of this world. You are different. The Bible says we should come in from among them and be separate. There must be a separation between us and the ungodly. We cannot afford to. We cannot afford to. So what I'm saying in essence, don't take God for granted. Don't come to a stage in your life that you feel that, oh, I'm a minister of God. I'm a leader. Then I can do whatever I like. No, you, all the rules that bounce the members bounce you too. You are not exception. Ex- when it's in God. If we are all praying here, all leaders should come here and pray. Leader should not be somewhere else and be, you know, treating God with contempt. And you are talking and chatting. For those of you who have the habit of chatting in the reception, that's almost my concern. When message is going on here, you better desist from it. Because if rapture comes in the church, you are not going. I'm looking forward that rapture will come in the church. So that's why we need to be conscious on a daily basis. You cannot get carried away. Things are happening fast. Things are happening fast that we cannot afford to miss this. Especially those of us who are putting so much in the gospel. Because what's the essence? If I put in so much at the end of the day, I ended up where those who do not put anything. Then I would rather, if I know that that's the way I want to, to go eventually, I'd rather just enjoy the so-called life. Which I don't think is an enjoyment, really. What music are you listening to? In the beginning, you weren't listening to those music. How come you are listening to the music now? Music, worldly music. In your weddings, you want to please your members. You want to please your family. Uh, Take your stance. Because we all have married before. And we too did celebration, we did reception. I don't, want to, I don't want to talk much on that because my mom is here. But we've done reception before. But we stood our ground. It's unfortunate that you go to Christian so-called weddings and you cannot even dance. You can't dance. But some Christians are dancing. What are you dancing to? Remain 
through to the end. Continue what you were from the beginning. Continue. Stay humble. Stay loyal. Stay faithful. Stay pure. And let your life please God. Let's stand on our feet this morning. I'm, I'm encouraged with your clap, but that's not really, really it. Pray, praise the Lord. I don't want you to clap. That is what I'm saying in essence. Clapping, what you can do for yourself is to take the message that God has given you this morning and take it home. And really work at it. Don't be like the, the, the seed that was shown on the path. And it did not bring fruit. Because it wasn't grounded. So there was no understanding. So the boss of the hair came to snatch it away. Don't be like that seed that was thrown on the, on the rocky ground. When the pleasures of the, the trials of this world now come, it choked the world. Because for every word that comes out of this altar, you'll be tested by it. Especially those of you who have said that, oh, this is what I will change, this is what I will change. The Holy Spirit will set you up so that He will test you with the word. And when you are testing in a word, you need to hold your, take your stand and say, this one, I made up my mind. I will come to church early. I made up my mind. I will not be chatting in church. I made up my mind. I will not be texting. Especially those of you who are youths. I've seen it. And that's why I'm hammering I'm, I'm, I'm on it. And some of us who are leaders, I've seen it too. Desist from it. Desist from it. Let your spirit serve God. Don't serve God mechanically. Don't just serve God anyhow. Let your spirit serve God. I read the book of Second Peter. We're going to pray on this. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 17 to 18. Second Peter 3, 17 to 18. He said, Therefore, Dear friends, since you have been forewarned, that's all what we've been doing all day, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the errors of the lawless and fail from your secured position. We're going to pray this morning that the Lord will guide our hearts and guide our life from the power of deception. And that God will help us not to fall from our secured position. Especially those of us who are born again. We are secured. Our position is secured. But we don't want to fall from it. Because it's not once safe, forever safe. You still need to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. So we're going to pray, God, guide my heart and my life from the power of deception. And help me, Lord, not to fall from my secured position. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. My Father, my God, this morning, Lord God of heaven, we thank you for the word of God that you have sent to us on this holy mountain. Thank you for warning us about the deception of hell. Thank you for warning us because you know that our enemy, the adversary, prowls around seeking whom's life to devour. But you said we should resist him steadfastly in the faith. My God and my King, Jesus himself, you said we should watch out that no one should deceive us. My God and King, I pray that Father, you will help us. You will guide our hearts. Guide our life on the power of deception. Guide our hearts from the power of deception. Guide our mind from the power of deception. That deception will not take hold of us. My God and my King, that you will deliver us from the power of deception. That Satan, oh God, will not take hold of our hearts. Satan will not take hold of our minds. My Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you will help us by the power of your Spirit to stay true to God, my Father. To stay true to God. Guide our hearts, oh God. Father, in heaven we have been positioned securely. Enable us, oh God. I will not fall from our secure position. Help us, my Father God, to maintain, oh God, our test. To maintain our seat. To maintain, oh God, our stand in Christ. Enable us to remain steadfast in our faith. Enable us, oh God, to remain unmovable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Help us to give ourselves fully to the work of God. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I will not slack back. Father God, I will not slack back. That Satan will not take hold of our minds. Satan will not take hold of our hearts. My Father, my God, deliver us by the power of your name. Deliver us from the power of deception. That deception will cease from our life. In the name of Jesus. Father, we bless your name. We give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray.
Verse 18 says, But grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to whom be glory both now and forever. Amen. We're going to pray, God, help me to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says we should be strong in the grace of God. We're going to pray that the grace that God has given us to walk in His vineyard, the grace that God has given us to stay true to the end, enable us to grow in that grace, and also to grow in our knowledge of God. God will fill us with the appetite for His Word. God will fill us with the hunger for His Word, and the ability to know the Word and to put the Word into practice, enable us to grow in the knowledge of Your Word. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. My Father, my God, this morning, we we ask, my God, that you will enable us by the power of your spirit to grow in grace and to grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. My Father, our desire, Lord God, is to grow in our grace, O oh God, the grace of serving you, the grace, O oh God, to walk in your vineyard, the grace that you have given me as a pastor, enable me, to oh God, to grow in it, the grace that you have given me as a singer, enable me to grow in it, the grace that you have given me as a mother, enable me to grow in it, the grace that you have given me as a daughter, enable me to grow in it, the grace that you have given me as a worker, enable me to grow in it. My Father, my God, enable me to grow in the grace of God. Enable me to grow in the grace of God. Let your grace abound over my life. I do not want to take your grace for granted. I do not want to receive your grace in vain. My Father, my God, enable me to grow in the grace of God. Let your grace of God come upon me, my Father. Let me increase in your grace. Let me excel in your grace. My Father, I pray that you will fill me with the knowledge of your word. I want to have an appetite to read your word. I want to go to hand to the word of truth, O oh God, undivided, undiluted, in the name of Jesus. Enable me, Lord God, to be filled with the knowledge of your word. Fill me with the knowledge of your word. Fill me with the knowledge of your word. Let me know the word of God. Let me know the word of God and give me rights in the name of Jesus. Fill me with the knowledge of your word. Fill me with the knowledge of your word. Father God, we bless your name this morning. We give you all the glory and praise, for in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Father, we want to thank you and bless your name. Thank you for the word of God that has come to us, O oh God. Father, we receive it, O oh God, with a heart of meekness. We receive it with a heart of humility. We pray that the word of God that we have heard this morning, Father, will be, O oh God, the word that falls on good soil, that brings forth, O oh God, hundredfold, that brings forth sixtyfold and thirtyfold. Father, we pray that the word of God in us, O oh Lord God, will change us and transform us. My God and King, you said that we'll be tested by the word that we receive. So, Father, when the test comes, enable us to pass the test. Enable us to pass the test. We pray that, Lord, we will not be moved or be carried away by the deception of hell. As we go in the course of this week, my Father, protect our minds, protect our hearts, protect our soul, protect our spirits. Enable us to be protected by the power of your name. Father, give us the heart of the sermons that when the enemy will come in like a flood, the Spirit of God in us will raise a standard against it. Father God, give us that Spirit of the sermons, O God. Help us to discern, O God, Father, the sheep in wolves in sheep clothing. In the name of the Lord Jesus, help us, my Father, my God, to stay true to the Word of God. Help us to remain true to the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us to live a life that is pleasing unto you, my Father. Lord, I commit everyone, if you are sick this morning, you want to lay hands on yourself. Lay hands on where it hurts. Lay hands on your chest if it is something that you cannot touch. The Lord God Almighty is our Jehovah Rapha. He's a God that healed us. He said he sent forth his Word and his Word heals. And he said that God of heaven, he said, no evil plague will come near our dwelling. For he is the Lord God that healed us. He said, oh God, that he will remove sickness from the midst of us. He said, by his stripes we were made whole. He is the one that stretched forth his hand, oh God, Father, to, mo- to Simon's mother-in-law. And the Bible says, immediately the hand of Jesus reached out to the woman. He, she stood up and began to serve. My God and my King, I pray, Father, for everyone, oh God, who is sick this morning. The Bible says, oh God, that you send forth your word and your word heals. Father, that same word, oh God, that same hand that parted the Red Sea, that same hand, oh God, that raised up Tabitha from the grave, the one, oh God, that raised up, oh God, the widow of Nain, the same hand, oh God, Father in heaven, that lay hands, oh God, on, on, on blind Bartimaeus, and he received his sight. I say, Father God, let your hand be stretched out over everyone that is sick this morning. Father God, I pray, Lord God, those who are sick in the head, let their head be healed. Father, I say, those who are sick in the brain, let their brain be healed. 
healed. Those who have blood-related issues, let their blood will God be healed. Father, those who have cancer cells, let every cancerous cell be destroyed. In the name of Jesus, everyone that have tumor, tumor in the brain, tumor, Lord God, Father, in any part of their body, we command the tumor to die from the roots. In the name of the Lord Jesus, everyone, oh God, that have kidney issues, we command the kidney issues to be dissolved. In the name of Jesus, let your healing power fall upon this one, oh God. Let your healing power fall upon the one that have kidney problem, the one that have, oh God, liver problem, the one that have pancreas problem, the one whose lungs, oh God, are not functioning well, the one that have joint related issues. Father, we release the power of God upon them right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. We ask that the angels of God will begin to bring these healings to pass. The angels of the Lord begin to walk in their bodies and let them be made whole from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet that no one will go home, oh God, the same way they came in. Father, we decree healing in Jesus' name. We declare deliverance in Jesus' name. We declare turnaround in Jesus' name. We pray, Father, that those who are sorrowful we command against every spirit of sorrow. We come against every spirit of despair. We release the spirit of joy upon you right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let the joy of God begin to flow into every heart. Let the joy of the Lord begin to flow into every soul. Let the one that could not sleep, let them begin to sleep in the name of Jesus. I say I come against you, spirit of insomnia. I come against you in the name of Jesus. I declare, Lord God, our Father, the Bible says you give sound sleep to the righteous. Father, let your beloved receive sleep tonight. Let them receive sleep tonight. Let the peace of God reign in every home. In the name of the Lord Jesus, where there have been fighting and violence, I command you to cease in Jesus' name. I release understanding into every home today. I release, oh God, mutual understanding to every husband and wife in the name of Jesus, that everyone begin to enjoy life with the husband of their youth. In the name of Jesus, everything that is missing in the life of any one of your children, Father God, I pray, begin to perfect it right now. Begin to perfect it right now. Let healing come upon the ones that are trusting you for the fruit of the womb. Let their womb, oh God, be open for conception in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, my Father, my God, for your healing, oh God, is complete in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying with thanksgiving. Amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you, Jesus. You could be seated, please.